You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network brought to you by Savage Arms and the new 110 Ultralight. At about six pounds, the 110 Ultralight is designed to combat elevation and the elements while maintaining the performance of a factory blueprinted Savage 110 action. The carbon fiber wrapped stainless steel barrel makes it durable and lightweight. The rifle comes equipped with the Savage AccuFit technology, so that means it's adjustable and it comes in a variety of calibers. The 308, the 270, the 28 Nosler, the 280 Ackley Improved, the 30-06, and much more. If you want to find out more information about the 110 Ultralight, visit SavageArms.com. Welcome to the Missouri Woods and Water Podcast. I'm your host, Nate Thomas. Today's episode, our second ever Tales of the Chase. What's up, Andy? What's going on? Today, Andy and I talked to our buddy, Kenzie Thorpe, um, about his buck that he nicknamed Hollywood and go through the story. And it's an awesome story, I think, especially for our first ever Whitetail Tales of the Chase, which, you know, I I think Nate kind of explained this on the first one, how we're going to do this a little bit of. Adding some story aspect to this, get some some personal, get personal with some people and their stories, and uh, this one uh, always stuck out to me because of the uniqueness of it, I guess, for him. Yeah, and we're you know we're gonna release this uh, really close to the be- uh, the opening of Missouri's archery season, so mm-hmm. it's you know I, it kind of got me jacked up, ready for it because you get to hear a story of uh, Kenzie coming through. I mean, oh yeah. It, a it's plan a comes together. I don't want to ruin the episode, but um, he he obviously gets this buck and he takes the opportunity and then runs with it. And I think that's what's pretty cool about the story. And he does a really good job painting the picture for those. I mean, for those of you guys that can can turn that around in your mind and visualize it, I think Kenzie did a really good job of of describing the situation, setups, uh, kind of how everything played out. Yeah, no doubt he did. So. Uh, Anything you want to add before we hop into this? I just appreciate uh, Kenzie coming on and doing that, and, and uh, go check out the the. You can actually, I think we we referenced this a couple times, so you can you can watch this whole thing. Uh, so hear it and see it. Yeah, shit, I didn't bring bring that up. He he catches this all on film on Self-filmed. top of on, on hearing this. So what's going to be cool is you can listen to this, paint yourself a picture, and then see how go watch up. it. Yeah, because he did get it on video, and we will link that in the description and, and all that, and uh, you can go to the, his YouTube page and uh, watch it after you've listened to it, and that should be pretty cool. So yep. uh, enjoy the episode. This is the Missouri Woods and Water Podcast. All right, all right, all right. Got our second Tales of the Chase. I'm excited about this one. Be a good one today. Yep. Today we've got a buddy of ours, Kenzie Thorpe. What's up, Kenzie? Hey, how are you guys? Good. And uh, like I was telling everybody in the intro, this is our second Tales of the Chase. And uh, I'm excited for this one because... It's the first whitetail. First whitetail. And it's a great story. And um, we uh, are excited to bring it to everybody. So, uh, Kenzie... 
We're happy. You you are the first whitetail one, so you better bring it. <laughs> I'll do my best. I'll do my best. Uh, no pressure. I'll try to set the bar pretty high. Uh, that's good. But <laughs> well, don't set it too high because we'll never. <laughs> yeah. Um, so before we get going, why don't you just uh, introduce yourself, um, tell everybody where you're from, what you do, and what what is your favorite thing about uh, our great Missouri outdoors? Um, so I'm Kenzie Thorpe. Again, I uh, grew up in Grand Pass, the big old town of Grand Pass. I'm a, a river rat through and through. <laughs> I grew up in the river bottoms, and that's you know that's where I still hunt a lot of the times. I live in Columbia now, but um, and I work for a general contractor. But you know, outdoors has always been a part of my life, and it it still is and will always be. And you know, my favorite part again is just being out there. Really, right? It doesn't really matter what I'm doing. You know, I just like being out there because it's that time. Uh, you know, getting older, things you know, more responsibility, family, work. It's just a time for you to get out and just clear your head for a little bit. And that's really what's the biggest thing for me now. It's it's, it's changed. You know, even in the last few years, it's changed for me as my life has changed. Um, it used to be I want to be out there all the time doing all this stuff, but now I I, I think I take it. It's more important to me now because I've got a family and the work is getting more important and you got more responsibility. And I just I get out there and I try to just let everything else stay and I just try to enjoy it even if I don't even see anything it's just a joy in being out there yeah a little Freak- bit of solitude exactly yep. freaking responsibilities <laughs> yeah I know right yeah but it, it I love asking that question because everybody has a different answer and I mean that's a great one I, I think that's probably why a lot of people do stuff out, out in the outdoors <laughs> <laughs> the, the dog agrees hey, there you the go the dog agrees there you go I mean a lot of people do stuff in the outdoors to get that release or whatever you know they're they're looking for it's it's a way to you know do something different so it's a good answer (laughs) all right we ready to do some fun talking yeah i'm ready to hear the story yeah i've seen pictures seen videos i want to hear yeah yeah so for everybody that's gonna hear this story um kenzie caught all of this on on camera so um we will talk about that when we get to it but Today's Tales of the Chase is a buck named Hollywood. Hollywood. Yep. Hollywood. And, yep. And so you uh, you harvested him last last year, correct? Correct. Yes. Yep. It seems like forever ago because it was so early in the season. It was the first time I'd ever had the opportunity to, to take a mature buck that early in the year. So it, it it definitely seems like forever. Yeah, I remember watching you put stuff on your yeah. your social media yeah. and uh, tracking them, and yeah. <laughs> you you were not dry <laughs> exactly yeah. no that's 100 percent accurate so we'll, we'll hear all this in the story but yeah so um why don't you start us uh i know this answer but our listeners don't so mm-hmm. you hadn't had any history with this deer before correct that is 100 percent accurate and why is that so the whole reason this came about is that uh actually you know we found a piece of property that we liked so we actually moved to a piece of property you know got a couple acres of land got a house in the country and Actually, I was at work, and we were going through. One of my buddies at work is a big hunter, just like I am, and he, we get on Onyx, and, you know, we're looking at maps and seeing who uh, owns what property around, and lo and behold, you know, a property next to where I've moved, we know the owner. Oh, cool. And we're, and we're like, well, what the heck? Why haven't you called this guy just to see, <laughs> you know? And so I gave this guy a call, and he said, yeah, I don't think I have any bow hunters. You know, you can hunt over there. I have a couple gun hunters. And I'm like, fine, I don't want to gun hunt it anyway. I want to bow hunt it. 
So this guy gave me per- permission. So that's really how it all started. It was just, you know, map map research is really what it and was. And then you made and a call. Exactly. Yeah. And, yeah, that's really what it was. Now, was this quite a bit before season had started that you got permission? No. It was really <laughs> not not at all actually. And that's the other thing. That's a part of the story is I don't even think it was. I think season had started. That's how quick this happened. Is it was either after season or right before. And you know the guy I work with who we were map you know researching. He's like, dude, why why didn't you do this sooner? And I'm like, I have no idea. I would just I just you know so much stuff. You're moving. You know all this stuff and you, you didn't even forget, realize. Yeah, it. you kind of forget some stuff. So no, it was really close to the season or after it started. That's cool. So what did you? I mean, when you you got the permission, obviously sounds like it was probably during season mm-hmm. or at least right around there. Yep. Did you do anything as far as intel or or getting I guess ready to hunt? So. Um, so again, as it was so late in the game, mm-hmm. there was no cameras, there was no nothing. So the first time I ever went out there, I looked at a map. You know, I'm te- checking terrain, I'm checking the creek, I'm checking ditches, I'm checking fields. You know, I've driven by it obviously because it's right by my house. Um, do a couple drive-bys to see exactly what kind of crops are in the fields and that kind of stuff. But it, the first thing I did was I just went and sit. I said, mm-hmm. I want to be here. This is the best spot for me to not only glance this field, but also possibly in my mind, this is where it kind of converges. It's a it's a funnel point. Yeah. So, why don't you give the listener a little? I mean, you don't have to tell everybody no, you're like fine. the op, no. like <laughs> explain the piece of property yeah. a little bit. Okay. You know, what are the features? What what were things you were looking for? Especially, mm-hmm. you know, you got permission. Yeah. Boom. Yeah. Right. And Crop you land, had to make decisions. Timber. Exactly. Yes. So. The, this this piece um, is kind of it was a square so it's you know put that in your mind it's a square and most of it is you know a piece of uh, tillable land so it's crops mm-hmm. um, it's open field uh, probably I don't know eight hundred thousand acres and it's just open um, and it's split by its pr- uh, neighbor to the east with a creek a ditch and then it has a hill on its west side and on top of that hill is a road that can take you to my house. So, and I'm talking not a hill, I'm more so, you know, we're talking at least 100, 120 feet, you know, different elevation change. And it's pretty steep in certain places. So at the bottom of that, before you get to the the field is a, a creek. Okay. So there's a creek and then there's a ditch runoff that runs into the creek. And right at that southern point of that property is where I sat the first time, where that ditch and that creek meet. And then I'm like, that's a pinch point, obviously, because they can be following both of those and it comes as one. And they're also going to be funneling off of that hill into this field. So, you know, I checked the wind, obviously, before I went out because I don't want to, it's my first time. Mm-hmm. And I, my goal for the first time was to literally just watch this field one night because I had no idea what was there, had no idea if there was even deer. I mean, I had a good idea because it's a good area for deer, but. I said, I'm just going to go down there and I'm going to go sit and I'm going to be able to watch this. So I, you know, I got my, my, my public land stuff is really what I take a lot yeah. of the times now is my sticks and my, my hang on that I carry in. And I, and I, I started the top of the hill off the road and I come down the hill and again, I'm going in blind. This is just like hunting public land. Pretty much. It's the same, same concept, same strategy I do when we hunt public land, if we've never hunted it before. So I'm going in blind and you this, carry your whole setup on your back. So you got your correct. stand, your sticks, correct. and you got all of it. I've got, you know, I've got my bow, I got my bag, I got my camera stuff, I got my sticks, I got my stand. So um 
I've got everything. So in the end, with all my stuff, I'm probably rucking in, you know, six hundred or sixty to seventy pounds, probably, yep. and then my bow. So it's not light by any means, but it is what it is. So I'm going down there, and again, it's I'm you know going in the dark here, not really in the dark, but in your mind you're going. So I'm wandering around trying to find <laughs> a tree because yeah. you have to find the right tree, obviously, yeah. and then you want it to be the right tree to be able to not only glass, but you also want to be ready to see if there is any possibility if a deer does come. If you you want get the be... opportunity. Exactly. So that's what the first night was, and there it was, and you know, in that south corner of that field, I set up. Had you been? Did you have multiple hunts prior to to getting Hollywood, where you had been trying to kind of you started figuring things out? Had you been seeing different bucks, different deer, and did you did you change anything from that first night and to the night that you actually you know took this deer? So this was the first night. So. In all, I hunted this field three times. Okay, the first night is on the south end of this open field, mm-hmm. and that's when I first saw Hollywood. And again, I, I he came from the northwest off the hill down into the field, but a ways. I mean, I'm zoomed all the way in on my camera. You know, it's still fuzzy, but you're like, yeah, that's a shooter. It's you a can gar- tell, yeah. guaranteed shooter. I mean, there's no questions, and you're just getting your blood's going. But you know, he's. 600 yards away but anyway he's still there (laughs) exactly he's there so you know there's deer and he was with actually a nice younger buck as well not as big but they were together still because it's so early and you know by that time i had seen some deer i'd had some does actually walk in shooting range i had a buck cross the creek behind me but a lot of the deer were coming off the hillside and they were crossing through what and i failed to mention this it's a bean field at this time okay and there is a corn field off to the west so opposite side of the hill is a bean field and a corn field on the other side of the ditch. And they were coming off that hillside, which I'm assuming they're bedding on that hillside in the thicket, overlooking that field, watching it. And Especially watching if it. you were, you said you came down that hillside, so you probably had the wind in your face. Correct. Which means they had the wind in their Correct. face. Exactly. Um, and, and they were just farther that. north than where I came down. I came mm-hmm. down on the south end. They are up in the northwest corner of this field. So they came down from there and gradually made their way across the bean field to the east and to that corn so in my mind i'm like okay i don't know how many times i'm going to see this deer again you know he's out in daylight it's a mature buck i want to shoot him i got to make my move you know so the next time i hunt i can't remember if it's a couple days three days whatever it was but i can tell you it was hot as you know, balls up there. So <laughs> it's September, you know, 20th or 21st or something. I can't remember. But so along the ditch um, creek, the smaller one on the east side of the property that is there before you get to the corn, it, there's trees along that. And I'm like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to come from the north side of this. I'm going to walk that tree line and watch that ditch. If I have to get in the water, I'll walk the dick, ditch to get there so they don't see me. And I'm going to set up in that tree line and try to get them before they get to the beans. So that day when I was hunting, I came from the north, um, which was a little bit longer of a walk, and I started walking that tree line, and I couldn't find a tree. Mm. Um, I wanted to go a lot farther south to where an area that I saw them the, the hunt before mm-hmm. where they crossed over, but I wasn't able to get that far because there wasn't any mature trees. Because, again, we're talking about the edges of a creek in between right. two tillable fields. So it's just not like there's big trees. 
So actually I climbed in a tree that was not well for me. I mean, it wasn't big enough. I had to literally, I believe I cut four or five limbs off and I cut one that was probably six inches because I had to get shooting lane. And right. it's September and there's green. It's greenery <laughs> yeah. everywhere. You don't have dead limbs to shoot through. It's just green. So you have, I had to make a shooting lane. Well, lo and behold, this night, even though as hot as you know it can be, he comes out. Same spot on that northwest corner. He comes and he goes to the same spot, you know, still too far away from me. A lot closer, obviously. I'm a lot closer, but he's still way out of archery range. Yeah. So I'm like, well, that's good. And, you know, you're still upset because now he's not there. He's there, but he wasn't in range. Where you were. Exactly. How far did you cut the distance? You said you'd probably. So he was probably 100, 150 yards out. And we're talking. You really cut the distance. Yeah. And he's going through beans you know full leaved beans so you're only seeing a portion of his back and Mm -hmm. his head at certain times um and then other deer you wouldn't even see at all like some of the does you couldn't see when they're standing in the beans just because they they had the leaves hadn't fallen off yet so he and there's a few other bucks i mean i probably saw 15 20 deer that night and it was still you're talking in the 90s and these deer are still coming out making their way across the field and going to that corn so I'm like, okay. So I let him. I had to get out of there at dark, and there were still deer, you know, in All the over. field. That's the worst. So I, I, you know, I get down the ditch, and I, you know, I scurry on about my way, and I get back to the truck. And didn't have a shot that night. So then, but you, I, you definitely cut the distance. Correct. And I think a big thing to notice in this story already is you've seen him now twice come correct. out of the same spot. Correct. On those evenings that yes. you're there, and so you're starting to go, all right. Yes. He's that's where his bed that's yeah. where his home is yeah you're 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 figuring out the puzzle pieces each time you go mm-hmm. because the first time i was so far away you really couldn't tell depth to see how far where he came out of the trees to the to the west and that hillside you just know he came out of there right now i'm on the opposite side looking at the at that hillside and i i have a perfect angles, view how far he's coming out where he's at and he came out of the corner and so you know i go back and he had no idea you were there either. Correct. And, and, again, that's both times he has no idea I'm there. Um, both times, you know, there were good winds and they were in my face. That's what so, I was going to ask. Similar wind directions in both correct. times? Correct. So, one time it was out of the north, um, and then the other time it was a northwest or a west. So, it was a in my face. Breeze. Yeah. Correct. It was in my face both times. So, that was the other key to this. The third time, which inevitably is the last time, but the third time, you know, I, I go back and I, I look at the maps again because I, I – that's one thing that we do. Um, we look at maps a lot because yep. if you can't put your feet on the ground for something, looking at maps is the second best thing to it besides, you know, getting pictures and stuff. But besides actually walking around a property, looking at maps oh. is your second, oh. is your he agrees. second He's best thing. <laughs> Thanks, Ruger. Uh, I appreciate that. Um, but uh, that's the second best thing. So, again, I go back. Even though I've been there twice, I still go back and I kind of look at the grades and I look at stuff. So, on the north end of this field is actually a little sliver of timber that cuts a smaller piece of this field and the big section up. Um, and in that sliver, you're probably talking maybe a 40 to 50 yard depth. So there's not, not it's very not, wide. not very wide. You can shoot both ways and, you know, but there is some mature trees in there. So I'm like, you know, screw it. I'm going to do this. I'm going to go for it. I, I, it was a day I could hunt, I believe, if I remember correct. It was the 29th of September. 
if I I think that's right, I and mean, you can check it out in the video. But <laughs> yeah, I think it's like it, he doesn't remember. I'm sure it's probably spot on. <laughs> it's, and, it's exactly six twelve. And I can <laughs> probably tell you it was probably like ninety four degrees and humid. Oh, man. <laughs> so again, you're in in pants and a t shirt because it, it's just that time of year. Yep. Um, I actually you know have a long sleeve, but it's light. It's light. Mm. Your light stuff's on. So. I make the plan. I say I'm going to park on the north side by the road, and I'm going to walk in, and I'm going to walk down this tree line, and I'm going to set up in the northwest corner of this field. And I said, I'm going to do this. We'll see what happens. You never know. And I think, honestly, I don't think I had the best wind that night. Did you have to wait? Were you trying to wait for a certain wind? I was, but at the same time – um that's part of life too um at this point because i could hunt that day i could right. hunt that day yeah. and again not knowing if i would see him again or you know all the questions it's just at that point i was i was dead set on hunting yeah. that day and you knew he was there yeah you, you make could hunt that the only way i can have an opportunity to shoot him was to get closer to him yeah. because obviously where are the two places I'd hunted would not going to give me the opportunity. So, so where where you thought he was at mm-hmm. on that hillside and where you set up day three, mm-hmm. what was your what was your plan on that? He, he you were hoping he was going to come <laughs> off that hillside, mm-hmm. work his way, yeah, towards the corn, and you were going to cut him off. Yeah, in feed. essence, that- and so. Again, this is where going in, carrying my stuff, and not actually setting foot in that area. Again, I've seen it from a distance, but I haven't even set foot there. Right. So I'm still kind of going in blind um, because I don't have a tree already. I'm going in. I'm trying to find a tree. So my goal was to get as close to the corner of the timber and stay on the north edge as possible. I did not want to turn the corner and get on that westerly edge because I didn't want him to come in behind me or beside me or anything like that Mm -hmm. so my goal was to stay on the north edge of that timber and hope he funneled his way back to that field again so i did my best to get a tree that got me as close to the corner as possible um i was probably again it worked out pretty well i found a tree i had to cut again i had to cut a pretty good sized limb off to get me a shooting lane because i knew where i could shoot was on the edge of the weeds and the trees the overhangs and stuff as he came out mm-hmm. and uh so i got myself a cut uh, uh, a shooting lane i cut some limbs off and again we're on private land so i can do this it's not public so rabbit hole alert <laughs> what are you using to cut <laughs> so i use again I, I don't know the brand but it's a foldable hacksaw yeah, yeah. like a hand yeah so yeah. it's a foldable hacksaw and i always have it in my bag because it's probably the tool I use the most outside of my bow when sure. I go hunting. Agreed. Because if there's a limb or anything, you can cut it, and you can even use it as a hook a lot of the times. is I use, like, you know, thicker limbs, I'll cut back and use them as hooks for my bag or mm-hmm. anything like that because you can't beat that. Yeah. And you don't screw it. Yeah, so. You're not putting something in a tree. Correct. You know, Correct. I mean, because obviously had you had this property – back in april the year before mm-hmm. you'd have been out there looking for trees having trees Correct. set up you know cutting shooting I probably lanes. would have had a stand like a box stand in that right. corner <laughs> right you know? so that would have been ideal you know i probably would have a box stand on each corner of this property because it's so big you could bow hunt multiple people at the same time gun hunt is a little different but again like you like you said and, and that was a good point is i didn't have a lot of time you know i'm going in blind on this so Third hunt on this property, I'm in the northwest corner. I'm on the north edge. I'm probably 10, 15 yards away from the corner, so I set up pretty nice. And 
I'm chilling there. I'm sweating. I mean, it is profusely <laughs> sweating. And I'm like, because by the time you I got, got multiple thermocells running at this <laughs> exactly, time. Exactly. <laughs> I do. I actually have two. Um, I have two thermocells. I made that joke not knowing that was the answer. Yeah. <laughs> that is, again, early season hunting, I don't go without it. I, that is a tool, again, another tool in my bag that I sure. have to go for early season. That's just the first thing you said when it was that early that hot. I'm like, oh, mosquitoes. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> mosquitoes. And they work. Thermosols work. Yep. Like I, I said it on my chest. It's hot, but it doesn't allow you to get bit, eaten alive. So I'm sitting there. I'm probably, I think I was a little pissed off because it took me longer than I wanted to. Because in my mind, again, this is kind of just who I am. I have like time stamps of when i want stuff done like mm-hmm. i get there it's three i want to be in the stand by four and ready to shoot and i'm waiting you know for five you know the hour right. of kill mm-hmm. and well you, you work know, construction so you probably have that exactly that time so on. Gotta... it's kind of something i do and then it's in my life it's the same way i have a structured lifestyle i kind of like structure i like timed out stuff so at that point i wasn't i was upset because it took me longer to get set up it took me longer to find a tree i was behind in my mind mm-hmm. so i was frustrated with myself but I got in there, I got the shooting lane, and I got in the stand. I wasn't 100% happy with it, but I was there. What time frame wise was this? Oh, boy. You're really digging. Um, <laughs> Jeez, Andy. Quit <laughs> asking hard questions. But I mean, are you afternoon? I mean, this is an evening hunt. Uh, yeah, it's, it's an even, sorry, it is an evening hunt. It is later in the afternoon. Um, the sun was setting. And the shadows were coming over into the field. They mm-hmm. hadn't covered the field completely, but the shadows were coming. And it, a part of the field was in, in shadow. So at that time of year, we're talking probably Late five. five yeah. You probably still have a solid hour Correct. at least. Yes. Yeah. Again, my mind, I was frustrated, but in real life, I you know, yeah, plenty I, of time. had plenty of sure. time. So. <laughs> I, I can understand that. <laughs> if I don't, if something I, doesn't go right, I don't. I, I get cranky. I don't like being rushed on anything. <laughs> nothing. So if if I get rushed, I don't like it. So um, I'm in the stand. I'm not as happy as I'd like to be, but I'm there. So you know, you take what you can get. My shooting lane isn't as big as I'd like. I only have one shooting lane. So if anything else happens, I'm pretty much dead yeah. to rights. You know. Hey. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> um. So I get it and I'm sitting in there. So I don't, I, it's hard to even explain. I mean, I'm, I'm sitting there and if I remember right, the stand actually wasn't even straight. It wasn't level. It wasn't because <laughs> the tree the I was in, it was, it was cocked back a little bit. And I don't know if you guys, you know, everybody who's hunted with hang-ons kind of knows that without these new ones, you know, that you can adjust or whatever, but this is just a standard one. And I'm, you know, Ah, it wasn't perfect. It wasn't perfect. <laughs> this isn't working the way I want. He is already frustrated. It's not perfect, okay? But I have everything. I've got the camera set up. I got my tactic cam set up. I've got everything going. And, you know, boom. He steps out. Like that's that's just Like about how long after you were like I am pissed off this sucks. And then it wasn't that much longer, honestly. And he I was the first deer. Yes. That's, that's I, nice. I I may have seen a <laughs> deer. <Screw> you, Kenzie. <laughs> I may have this seen a deer <laughs> on the whole other side, maybe wandering the edge earlier, uh-huh. um, if I remember correctly. But in this area where I wanted to be, and that was in shooting range, he was the first one to step out, and he steps out, and you know instantly I know what deer it is. Yeah. I know it's Hollywood. Ah, uh, first thing I do is I get the rangefinder up and I range him. Because, you know, 
you have a general idea of the depth and you're ranging stuff before to get an idea, but in the moment you lose all that stuff. It's, you know, it's just like falls down. Yeah, it's blurry. So I get the range because he has no idea I'm there. None. No whatsoever. He steps out. He's got his head down in the beans and he's just, he's just chilling. Yeah. So, you know, I'm trying to be as calm and slow down time as much as I can because in those times, a lot of people rush and that's why people miss and all that yep. stuff is you start thinking that you have no time at all. And you rush and you rush and you rush. Well, my, I just, you know, I'm trying to do my best, um, so I range him. And that's so, a great point, by the way. Yes. Reading a, an animal's body language Correct. is something that people should really pay attention yes. to. I mean, when I harvested one a couple of years ago, it, I knew he had no, no yeah. idea what was going on mm -hmm. and had all the time in the world to, mm -hmm. to just talk yourself through it. Yep. You know, yep. blah, blah, blah. Is yep. he grazing? Is he traveling? Is yeah. he spooked? Is, right. he, you know, is he alert? Has he right. got his head up? Is but he, he was but just in, I'm going to start eating. And casual he was mode. just in his, yeah. in his life. He stepped yep. out and, you know, he was looking. I mean, he looked around, obviously, but he was nowhere in tents or alert or nothing. Did you have the wind? Again, I think it was a southeast. <laughs> At that point, it didn't matter. Yeah, I think it was a southeast. It, or an uh, an east wind, because I, I know it wasn't perfect, but where he came out, the wind was fine. Mm -hmm. It's just I don't know where he came from, if the wind was okay, if that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Uh, because I don't know if he came straight down the hill or back behind me and down the hill, how they did that. I never really ventured up that hill because I hadn't had enough time to even sure. look for trails or nothing. So for where he was and where I was, it was fine at that point because yep. he was pretty much due south of me. I mean, maybe a little to the west, southwest. Yeah. So he steps out. I range him 43 yards. So, again, my heart's going crazy because you're like, that's in range. That's, that's you realistic. Have, here we go. You have that pin. I mean, you have a 40-yard pin. You know what to do here. So that was the next thing is – and, again, I guess I make it a little bit more difficult than a lot of people do because I try to film everything. Oh, you sure. make it a lot and of it difficult. So not only did I have – a tacticam pointing out away from the bow. I had a tacticam pointing back at me, and I had my big camera on my camera arm, my fourth arrow camera arm. Mm -hmm. So first thing was get the cam big camera set because the big camera, once you set it and you're by yourself, it stays. Yep. So I set it, and it, you, you zoom out when you do this without – if you have somebody with you, they'll it'll be a more zoomed-in shot. But if you're by yourself, you want to zoom out in case he moves left or right. So you or, can still catch it. Exactly. Yep. So you can still catch it. So it's a wider picture out of my big camera. And that's so I've got it set up. It's over here to my right. And then – or I think, yeah, it's off to my right. And then my bow's off to my left. I grab my bow. I get both tacticams going. And, again, I've got a 40-yard pin and a 50-yard pin. You know, 60 yards is about my minimum, about my about my range for mm -hmm. me because I don't like to take chances at this point. That's I know I haven't been out. Deer west. start moving, man. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> even I out been, west, we don't even west, have that. No. Even that. I yeah. mean, gosh, so, 30 I can't yards. See tops. that far. Yeah. <laughs> Seeing these other people shoot deer like 80 and 100 yards. Well, I'm, like, Holy I'm sure there's smokes. places out west that you can do that where yeah. we're going. Yeah. You don't have yeah. that opportunity. Yeah. So. But. That's me. I'm comfortable at 60, probably. Yeah. I'm more so 50 and under. So I've had I have a 40 yard pin. So I'm like, okay, 43. I'm gonna shoot the 40 yard pin and I'm gonna put it in the middle of his back, right behind his shoulder blade, middle. That way, if it shoots low, shoots a little high, you're gonna get something. So that's where my mind was. And you know, I pull back. 
he's eating, has still no idea I'm here, and I shoot. And, you know, it couldn't have been a better shot, and it worked did out you know, perfect. I mean, did you know it as soon as you let go it was so a good shot? So I, I felt good yeah. in, in my hearts that it was a good one. <laughs> my heart felt good. <laughs> But that's, again, that's the other thing with filming. Um, maybe not so with the big camera, but, like, the tactic cam and stuff is once you release it. And, again, I usually lighted knocks so everybody knows. Mm -hmm. uh, it's key to filming your stuff so yep. that you can see the flight path of the arrow. Um, you can review that footage there and feel more comfortable or less comfortable before with the shot down. before you even climb down because you can Wi-Fi it to your phone, no matter if you have service or not. So I reviewed the footage. Well, while I, you were sitting in there in, in, in the tree. So, yeah, and before that, you know, I'll, I'll jump back to it. And I shot, and lo and behold, I, I, I mean, I'm still holding my bow, and I'm shaking, and I'm freaking out. I'm doing like a post, you know, insane because I just shot the deer I've been chasing for, you know, two weeks. <laughs> I think I've seen so, that post on there. He, <laughs> so, yeah, he is jacked on that one if you find it. So you're pretty excited, you know, because it's – I, I think it's the first time in my life because this is a property that really is completely different than what we're normally hunting. So mm -hmm. we're usually hunting public or down in the river bottoms where there's like no pattern at all. Like you can't pattern a deer if you tried. You could hunt it a thousand days in a row and they would never be the same pattern. So this is like something new to me. And it was like the first time ever that I like saw a deer, got a game plan and it like worked. Like it was like <laughs> holy shit. Oh like, my lord. It came together. I'm a freaking genius. <laughs> <laughs> so it was like, thank you, you know? But like I'm sitting there and there's a deer not but like five yards away from me. A small young buck. He's stupid. I couldn't get him to go away. <laughs> I'm like go, go, I you know. Like, to do. I've got I got a lot of stuff to do right now. I don't know what's going on, but I got a lot of stuff to do. He finally kinda, you know, jumps off but he still wasn't really spooked um so then i reviewed the footage on my phone and i felt really good about it um you know you kind of sit there you know let it you know aspire let him die do his thing yeah. um and again the, the next thing next step to this whole thing was you know the retrieval of it again i'm on a property on a piece of a property that I've never stepped never foot been on. to never. So I don't know when I get past these weeds into this timber, what this is going to look what like. What he just run into, or what he ran shot. into, yeah. where he ran, what he ran up. How do I get him out of here? You know? Right. So, and that, I'm, I'm guessing by the time you got down, it was dark. So, or close to it, at least when I first got down, it was not dark yet. Okay. But then I called, I was texting everybody, obviously, cause I was freaking excited. So we have a group text at work and the guy that I, you know, was reviewing maps with, he actually lives, you know, um, only about 15 minutes away from my house. He's like, dude, I'll come over. I'll help you drag it out. I was like, thank you. <laughs> it's like, thank Works you. for me. Yeah. <laughs> he shows up, you know, he shows up probably in 20, 25 minutes. So I get down, there's still daylight left. And that's kind of what I wanted to do on this occasion because it was new. I didn't want to go wandering in there in the dark, really. So at I got checked the arrow at the, you exactly. know, that sort of stuff. So that was the first thing I did. I went to where he was standing and I found the arrow. And when I found the arrow, I knew it was game over. It was bloody from one end to the other. It was, you know, bright red. It was game over. I knew I had him. I just didn't know how far I was going to have to I drag gotta him. find him. Yeah. yeah. So it was kind of neat, actually, because I, I walk in, you know, you get through the, the, thorns and the thick stuff at the edge of the beans and you get in and there's a clearing right at the bottom of this hill and we're talking probably 300 yards maybe 40 yards wide and it's like this is kind of cool i can put a stand here <laughs> <That's> <laughs> <kind of being. laughs> yeah. you know 
So, you know, that's always my mind. I'm always thinking about the next step. I just killed this deer. Now you're thinking about hunting something. You know, it's like, I don't know. I'm messed up, maybe. Well, see, late <laughs> season. Exactly. I can, yeah. Exactly. I could put a this muddy is, stand this right is my there. first buck. <laughs> yeah, I'm done till at least rifle season. Yeah. But. but anyway, that's going through my mind as I'm, I'm wandering. I'm seeing blood here and there. And then he didn't go maybe, maybe 40 yards, 50 yards. Got to be the best feeling ever. Oh, man. Oh, it is. Seeing him there. Gosh. Mm-hmm. And there he is, boom, piled up and you know, next to a tree or a brunch. And I'm just you know, ecstatic. I think there's a live video on, on Facebook about it, and I was doing an interview and stuff. So, I don't know. It was it was a blast. It was awesome. It never – that was the first time that's ever happened to me. I'm like, that's the kind of stuff you actually see on TV? Like, <laughs> that's what people like those guys pay all that money for. You know, they go to these places because they want to be in the right spots. This is kind of what happened. And I did this, you know – in a matter of two weeks, right? Learning, getting the property, made a phone hunting, call, made a phone call. That's key. Yep. Just made a phone call. A lot of people are scared to do that. Don't be scared to do that. Yeah. Just make a phone call. I always say like the worst thing say, they can say is no. Yeah. yeah. And the one thing I guess I, they could tell you to screw off. Yeah. Also, I mean, they, just how nicely they say yeah, no. Yeah, but they still <laughs> are just saying no. Yeah, right. Yeah. The one thing I tell everybody, I don't care who it is, if they're three or if they're forty-five, it's always no unless you ask the question. Yep. It's true. So if you never ask a question about anything, it could be anything in That's life. Why, it doesn't yeah. even have to be about hunting or anything. If you don't ask the question, it's no. Right. So that was the first thing I did. I just did a phone call, got it, and then within a few weeks, I've got a, the biggest buck I've ever killed on my bow down. Yeah. And it's It was awesome. So you, you walk up to him. Yeah. You get to place your hands on him. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, you know, this is what I want to really get across in these episodes is – the respect that these animals mm-hmm. deserve, whether it's a buck in this case yeah. or a fish or yeah. freaking bear, you know, and whatever we do yeah. on these tales of the uh-huh. chases, explain. Now, of course, people are going to see a picture of them, mm-hmm. but explain to the listener w- what Hollywood looked like the first moment you got to, to touch him. So when I first saw him, he was down on his side and, you know, his antlers are down. He's laying on his side, so his antlers stick his head up because he's pretty wide. He's 20 or 19, three-quarters. So he's pretty wide, so he's kind of pushing his head up, and you can see it, and you walk up behind him, and it's just like pure joy because, you know, you always hear about, you know, ground shrinkage and stuff like that, <laughs> and that wasn't the case here because I'd seen him a few times, obviously, and I'm like, gosh, he's awesome, you know. So I, it was just, it was, you know, thank you. It was, it was, it was I don't know. There's no words to really explain that kind of thing. And again, that really, like you said, it goes for any animal. It could be a doe. It could be anything. It's just being grateful for that opportunity and, Mm -hmm. and, you know, putting in the work obviously is part of it, but also just being grateful that you had the opportunity and, and doing, you know, taking the animal, you know, properly, you know, humanely. Yeah. And ethics ethics yep. is key to me. I'm all about free range, you know, hunting. I don't, I don't, you know, whatever. But ethics is huge for me, is doing it the right way. And, you know, putting in the time to practice, obviously, is key. And being able to put a good shot on. And that's kind of the thing about me not going past 60 is it's ethical for me not to go past 60. I'm not saying anybody else doesn't have to go past 60. But for me and my comfort, how I feel, I don't want to just injure, injure animals. I want to kill them. Right. And that was another good thing. You know, you look back and you're like, he only went 40, 50 yards. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he died quickly. I, th- I think that probably added to your. Correct. Yeah. You're excited. You executed. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Everything. It was a clean, solid right. kill. I think, uh, is it, it might be Dan Johnson talks about this and, and I'm this way too, is 
when I kill an animal, mm-hmm. I, I feel for that animal oh, I yeah. just killed. I, I don't yeah. feel good about it. You know, I, yeah. I mean, I'm happy for myself, mm-hmm. but you know, I, I know that I took yeah. their life and yeah. I'm kind of weird like that. And I'll talk to them when I first touch them, them, you know, that yeah. sort of stuff. And yeah. you do feel like complete shit yeah. when you hurt them. I mean, the one we, we had an issue with a couple of years ago that I killed, uh, he, he would have, str- he would have suffered all night long and mm-hmm. then probably got eaten alive by coyotes. Mm-hmm. Those are the ones that, you know, yeah. Yes, I still got him and harvested him, mm-hmm. but the excitement level is up much further down mm-hmm. because of you knew that that animal suffered at, yeah. at your hands. Correct. And so you, you do want to execute them, exactly. if, for lack of a better term, yeah. the the quickest way possible. Yeah. And it's it's it was probably really nice when you went oh, through yeah. that brush and saw that yeah. opening, and then yeah. you know there he is. Yeah, no, it was, it was, and you're right. There, it's hard to explain like you're saying but there's a remorse to it yeah with sure. the happiness yeah like you're so joyful but at the same time you sit back and maybe that one time you're sitting in the stand it does cross your mind obviously i mean you, if you're something i obviously may be wrong upstairs if it doesn't you know being a little remorseful <laughs> yeah. for taking this animal like yeah but at the same time you're for me and i'm sure you know everybody we talk to it either gets donated or it comes back to the freezer. Mm-hmm. You know, it isn't all about the horns. Again, a lot of people do just chase horns, and I hope they donate what they don't have. But for me, I chase the horns, but I also chase the meat too. Right. Mm-hmm. Because there are people that I know that will take does if I kill them, if I don't want them, if my freezer's full, that I can give them to. So yep. that's another part of it is that, you do feel a little remorseful, obviously, because you are taking this innocent animal's life. But at the same time, you are feeding not only maybe yourself, but maybe other people as well. Yeah, and I—that's, I not a lot pisses me off because I think I've said this on the show multiple times. I could give a shit how you hunt, like mm-hmm. what you do, mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily mean anything to what I do, right? You might want to be a rifle hunter, mm-hmm. and yeah. and I've hunted with a rifle before too. I prefer to hunt with a bow now, mm-hmm. but I don't care if. Kinsey's that way. Yeah. I mean, it, it's him, right? right? What pisses me off is those people that waste meat. Mm-hmm. I mean, you you took this animal's life. The very least you could do, they're killing to kill, yeah. is respect them mm-hmm. as much as possible, which yep. is to utilize what they just gave to you. Yeah, you you killed Hollywood, mm-hmm. and he gave you his whole body. He did, and you you know you owe it to him to mm-hmm. use him. And I think that's what's cool too is. Yeah. I think yeah, it's I mean, a good plug now. I mean, uh, there is a program out there, and I would encourage people to call their local locker plan or whatever yeah. it is, but I believe it's called Share the Harvest. Oh, yeah. Right, yeah. yeah. And for a very minimal amount of money. Sometimes you can, nothing. Sometimes yeah. nothing, depending on the donors they get. Yeah, a lot of the butchers and the, a lot of those mm-hmm. houses, they'll do it if you're just donating it, but you may have to pay for a small fee for them to do it, but you're talking about not having to deal with all that stuff. And a if small you don't fee. Want I, to. Exactly. I think I looked it up, or called last year, it was 20 bucks. Yeah, maybe. it's nothing. I mean, yeah. and that's, that's one of the things. I mean, if you want to go hunt, get the experience do not waste it call your local locker plant let them i mean get the opportunity to help some other you know people that need it and can use that meat and do it before yeah don't do it after the fact because you have to and that's again i don't know a lot of people don't talk about it because i think a lot of the people already know what they're going to do with the animal after it happens but that's the other thing is if you're new to the sport if you're new to anything do your research and have a game plan where are you going to take this deer Mm -hmm. are you going to do everything tonight that you kill it 
do you have a place to put it in a cooler for it to be, to you know stay? Are you taking it there? Have you called them? Do they stay open that late and all this? Are stuff? you going to try to process it yourself? Exactly. Are you you know what? Yeah, exactly. So that's just the other side of it. You know, have a, a general game plan. At least have an idea of what you're going to do with it before it happens. I don't know how the hell I got on that rabbit hole. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that's my bad. That's my bad. Uh, this show is full of those. Uh, that's what we do. But, I mean, that's an important part of it. I think another rabbit hole I'm back up to, and it kind of relates a little bit, but you had a personal connection with that deer. Mm-hmm. And Mike is not here with us, and he disagrees with us. I'm a, a kind of the hybrid. I don't remember the names. I named them the year before. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, but Micah you, is not point, a fan of nicknaming yeah, deer. Micah I love it, oh, and yeah. Andy enjoys Nate, it. Nate has themes. <laughs> yes, I have themes. <laughs> well, it's, it's, not, it's not because I like the theme. It's because I'm not creative enough yeah. to think of nicknames, so I just started using a show I like. Mortal Kombat's going to send you a cease and desist for using their characters. <laughs> They're badass names, dude. <laughs> so where did you, I mean, walk? Did you, how'd you come so, up with Hollywood? Names? So, okay, so all the naming of all the bucks that we have, you know, we if you look at our Instagram or in our Facebook, you know, Big Muddy Outdoors, there's we put up deer, which I don't up, think we've actually even gave you the, it's the oh, tag yeah. here. But so it's FYI, fine. folks, this hunt that we just talked about is also on video. Yeah, it's on YouTube for our Big Money Outdoors YouTube page has it. I can't. I think it's episode one of season five, I believe. Yep. So it's on there. It's up. Take a look at it. So you can it's check Hollywood out. He's a pretty. I watched it. I mean. It's pretty interesting. And I want I want to talk about Big Muddy Outdoors a little more, but yeah. walk us through the naming, and then so, let's, let's yeah. run through so Big Muddy. The Hollywood. Na- <laughs> the naming, again, it's just me and my partner, Poe. Right. You know, we're just texting back and forth. So he'll check cameras. I'll check cameras. Whoever checks the cameras is always the one who sends out in the, in the text, you know, like, hey, look at this guy. You know, look at this guy. And it's like, is he worth naming? Is he not? Do we name him? And then if we do – we jumped on the theme thing before, mm-hmm. and, like, that's a good idea. It's one way to do it. Like, so you, I think, and again, I believe that last year we did a casino theme, and that's kind of where he came from. Okay. Because we had, like, Crazy 8, and we had Blackjack. So I think last year, again, themes, we did that. So Hollywood, it just kind of fit. And I don't know why. I think maybe because he always came out in the daylight. They look pampered or something, or <laughs> no? He just wanted you. He wanted he you to see him. Sunglasses on, makeup on. Out, yeah. He wanted you to see him. You know, like he wanted the spotlight. He was always out in the. He Showing came out early. Yeah. I mean, like what mature buck comes out early? That's one. A dead one. Yeah. Hundred <laughs> percent accurate right now in this that is story. Very, very relevant. That is accurate. Um, <laughs> so. That's where it came from. Again, we just we shoot them back and forth, and then like, yeah, we're gonna stick on that one. And that's kind of how it comes. Yeah, that just adds the camaraderie of the whole deal. Yeah, I, I, I mean, like I said, I know we're jumping off a cliff right now, but I really enjoy nicknaming deer. <laughs> I do too. We do. I mean, how, how often do we text back and forth, Andy? Oh, you know, yeah. you know, this sub zero or this and that. Mm-hmm. And I think it's fun, and the reason I started doing it is because uh, one of my other brother in laws, Russ. You know, we hunt a spot together, and then Andy and I are doing stuff together. And I think it's easier to say, hey, Hollywood. And when I say Hollywood to you, you, you know, know which you deer know I'm talking about. Not, exactly. hey, that big 10, exactly. you know, that's got that one kicker. Oh, yeah. So for me, it was actually, you know, not because I wanted to be and like, that's cool the other, or something. Yeah, but. that's the other part of it is between the team, it, it, it allows you to communicate about deer mm-hmm. without, you know, there's no question. You know which one it is because you've right. seen multiple pictures or you've seen a picture of them. So they know what deer you're talking about. Yeah. And that's what, again, the biggest deer we ever got on camera last year was blackjack. 
and not, it's cool because you post about it and sometimes and like people start saying it like you talk to people like have you seen blackjack and like no thanks for reminding <laughs> me we love to see blackjack but we yeah. haven't right and you know and then people are like hey dude i think i saw blackjack last night when i was driving around i'm like where i need to know where i gotta track this deer down and where and why are you driving there yeah. and it, it came from me i when i first started listening to podcasts um i started listening to a podcast a lot of people know it's called wired to hunt yep Mark Kenyon, yep. Dan Johnson mm-hmm. uh, is a uh, co-host, and Mark chased this deer for years named Holyfield. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's cool. I'm going to start doing that. And his, <laughs> yeah. I think his theme was boxing names, yeah. Yeah. Uh, if I remember correctly. And uh, so that's a couple years ago when I started buying cameras. That's when we started doing it, and it's, I think it's fun as hell. Yeah. And by the way, folks, uh, remember Micah promised that he would allow someone, one of our listeners, to uh, nickname one of his deer? So he has got to post a picture of one of his deer soon so that um, our listeners can nickname it for him. Because yeah. he, he, he does not think it's fun. If he, <laughs> if, if he wusses out, I'll, I'll give you one of mine since I don't remember my names from year to year anyway. I'll have to get on the, I remember your names better I'll have to than get you on do. the theme bandwagon, I guess. I don't theme <laughs> mine. Easier. I just throw out random names. Frank. <laughs> Frank. T- what was Frank, Frank the Tank. Frank yep. the Tank. <laughs> Tower of Power was one of mine. Yep. He's dead now, right? Yep. You killed him. Yep. But, yeah. uh, so anyway, yeah, I mean, it's, um, so yeah, check the video out folks. Mm-hmm. It is on uh big muddy outdoors, YouTube page or YouTube channel. Uh, you guys got Facebook and Instagram mm-hmm. too. Yeah. big muddy outdoors. Yes, sir. Uh, it's kind of cool. Cause we're, you know, we're area guys with mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we've known you guys for quite a while. So it's, it, you know, Andy and you grew up together. Correct. I've yes. never really known him, but you, you, you know together. each other through those interactions. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you get to know him like, yeah, Kenzie looks like he'd be fun to hunt with, you know, <laughs> yeah, just yeah. by watching yeah. that sort of stuff. Yeah. yeah. So, and back us up a little on, on, on Big Muddy. So I think a pretty awesome thing is you guys had a little spot on, on TV already even. <laughs> uh, yeah. What, what was that we called? We did. So uh, I don't know if it was two years ago, but it was like a hunting channel. It yeah. was on uh, Pursuit Channel. And it was kind of competition. So there was like four teams. And, you know, we submitted videos that we had got on camera and they caught con- we edited them a little bit and then they threw them in there with other teams and mm-hmm. it was it was really eye-opening and it was nice to see that from that perspective it was weird to see yourself on tv one that's <laughs> odd um, but two it was nice because the people who put it on were really nice in the fact that they helped us and tried to explain what we needed to do better right when well. we were filming and throughout that show, they would, you know, have clippets and they would try to explain like, whoa, you know, you need to stop shaking so much or, hey, you need to get some, you know, something better or not zoom in as much and stuff like that. And it was just, it was, it was a good learning experience. We didn't win, but it was a good learning experience for us. When you guys primary self film, which I, it, to Correct. me, I, it makes it even harder. Yeah. I would only know if I'd say I dabble. I do it and it's fun. <laughs> I, I really like doing it, but oh. I mean, that, that's just tough to yeah. get that, that shot and everything in there. And it is. And, and you know, again, self-filming if you're going to use the large camera is is difficult if you're going to do it right because you have to have the camera arm Mm -hmm. you know whatever brand you use we use fourth arrow we think it's the best because we've tried a lot of them we've even homemade some but we think fourth arrow is the best and just because of they fit our style the way we hunt Mm -hmm. we're very much public hunters we do hunt private land but we do a lot of public hunting and being able to pack in stuff you don't want to pack in a lot of stuff and you want to pack in as little as possible, you know, so that you can 
our goal is to get to those spots, those spots where not a lot of people are going to, because mm-hmm. uh, that's where the mature deer are going to be. So that's the that's the the one thing with self filming is you got to have the right equipment. Yeah. Because you know? if you don't, again, the one thing that you know, public land hunter, those guys, those those crazies, they are good at that free handing, and that's oh. one thing I don't think a lot of people see and understand is they freehand a lot of that stuff. And that's impressive. Yeah. Right. And that's Steady impressive. hands, man. Yes. <laughs> I'd be sitting there. To, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I couldn't do it. And that's why we use the camera arms because it, it takes out that, it takes out that human factor really. Cause all you got to do is follow. Yeah. Well, that's cool for me. You see a guy, you know, that like I, I self filmed all, all last year mm-hmm. and I've used a camera. It was a Hawk camera mm-hmm. arm and, uh, I stole my wife's Sony Handycam mm-hmm. is what I was using. And yeah, uh, a, a buddy of mine, actually, I just know him through Facebook, real nice guy out of the St. Louis area, told me some things to buy, a, a remote and things like that mm-hmm. for control. Yep. I've got two hours worth of content that is just sitting on my Mac. Yeah. <laughs> I have no idea what to do. There's no, there's no bucks, you know, yeah. on, it's just basically wildlife and deer and stuff. DM. And I'm like, I have no idea what to do with it. And that's it. <laughs> one thing that once you start filming, you start to accumulate all this footage. Okay, so what I have to do is literally buy external hard drives because I don't put them on computers because they just slow it down, just the amount of them. So literally I'll buy an external hard drive per year. I keep all footage, all films, all photos, all that stuff on there. you might need that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I'm telling you, we have so much just video, just tons of video. Yep. I mean, we've been doing it for almost five years now, and it's just like – it's crazy to jump back in there and look and see like god we just got so much stuff and it's probably good stuff we just didn't put them on an episode it didn't fit or something and you're like well and it's you know like what other people like watching this yeah i remember last year micah went uh hunting with me and we had a a double stand set up and Mm -hmm. so he was filming for me Mm -hmm. which is the only time i've ever in my life had that happen i felt pretty important (laughs) we'll say that and uh this this raccoon um Climbs up a tree, ten feet in our faces, mm-hmm. and just sits there and stares at us. I mean, eye level, for forever. He was huge. Yeah. And I remember Mike asking me, "What would you do if you jumped over here?" And I think I, it caught on camera me going, "Shit, my pants." <laughs> <laughs> and you know, you're like, "Oh, that's awesome." Yeah. But that's a thirty second clip. Yeah. What would you ever do with something yeah. like that? So, no, I think it's awesome that you got that memory. You will always have. Always. Yep. And that's why. And again. A lot of people will say, why do you do the filming? And the first thing that Poe and I came, you know, it's a weird story why it started. Um, he was <laughs> actually in Africa when this happened because he wor- he was in the military. Gotcha. So thanks again, Poe. Um, Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And so he was stationed in Africa. Oh, what well, that would have been the winter of 2014, I think. And, you know, Poe and I have been – best of friends since we were babies. I mean, we've been together forever. You know, there's a group of us that have always been together. And, you know, he came back on his break, on Christmas break, and we went hunting together down in the bottoms. And it literally was for him because, you know, he hadn't hunted all year because he was in Africa. He was doing his stuff, and he didn't get down as much. And I went with him, and I, he sat in one of my stands, and he shot a nine-point buck. And we tracked it and did all this stuff. We didn't have cameras at that time. And we're like, dude, this was fun. Like, we like hanging out together. Why don't we just hunt together? So that's really where it started. So he went back to Africa, 
we're texting on Facebook, you know, Messenger, back and forth, talking, dee, 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 and I get it started. And when he comes back that summer, you know, it just kind of goes. And I think you're a, lot, you're a lot like me, too, and, and Nate, too. I have just as much fun being the cameraman sometimes. Oh, I know. I mean, just following yeah. people. Yeah. Uh, and that's the one thing with yeah. Poe. He, he – He's the most selfish guy ever. He'll be the cameraman first all the time. And I'm like, oh, dude, I'll do you it. You selfless. Selfless. Self- Sorry, selfless. <laughs> He's the most selfish piece of I, shit. I'm the Damn. selfish one. <laughs> Sorry, Poe. He's the selfless one. He wants to be the cameraman and will be the cameraman first no matter what. And he's the best. And that's hands down. And like like we were talking about, the reason we did it is because we wanted to keep those memories. Because we had that memory back in the bottoms of that nine-point buck and – you know, it's our memory. We know about it, but it would be nice to refresh it and mm-hmm. have right. it. And that's why we did it. That's the whole reason is it wasn't so much that we were going to make episodes and try to get on TV and all that stuff, you know, yeah. that, oh, possible, but never. It's tough. <laughs> um, it's more about having that video to be able to go back on or to be able to show your kids one day. Because mm-hmm. right. that's really what's cool is, you know, my three-year-old, she's actually – likes to hunt i mean i've took her a couple times last year and she likes it yeah again she can't stay focused but when she sees deer she's always looking out the windows in the truck looking for deer and stuff like that and that's really what it's about it's yeah. passing mm-hmm. it on to the younger generation and just having those memories yep. yeah and it's not for everybody no but it's not you know because it's if it, you don't video um a cool idea um midwest wildlife we had them on um tristan was talking about he journals every he hunt yep. he goes on yep That'd that's, be a way to, you know, just another, keep in a journal. That's 100% accurate. And I know Poe had talked about that before because, you know, even right now me sitting here and I was there in the hunt, you kind of lose some aspects of sure. it. Sure. But if you write it down after, yeah. you have it. You can video it or not video it, but if you wrote it down, you could still have it because when you go back and maybe you do make that the episode – there's, you know, you can speak over, you know, there's always audio you can do and stuff and all mm-hmm. kinds of editing and all this stuff. You have that information. You're not trying to remember like, uh, was it, you know, was it 85? Was it 92? You know, right. you have that stuff written down. And that's really what Poe had talked about before doing because those small details can, you know, I are mean, important. You think about when you're in your twilight years and you have those journals mm-hmm. or those videos, but let's say it's just a journal. Yeah. Um, like um, Basket Case two years ago. His the main picture I kept. My wife bought me a photo oh, yeah, album, yeah. and the main picture I kept on the back of it, I wrote yeah. the the story. Exactly. And you know, when you're in your 90s or whatever, mm-hmm. you can go back and relive mm-hmm. that moment. Yep. Which you know, Dan talks about all of his mounts yeah. are a, are a entertainment for the rest of your life. Because all you gotta do is look at the Correct. the mountain and be like, "That's a story." You replay it in your head, and That's it's it's entertainment. When I'm 90 and pass away of old age, <laughs> I want to have them at my funeral. Just play my deer hunts. There you go. <laughs> there we go. I'm gonna, are we supposed to bury you with your mounts, or what? How does that work? My wife will probably make you. <laughs> <laughs> He's taking them with him. They are not staying in here. <laughs> Oh, that's an awesome story. I think that was a great first oh, I, white yeah. tail, Tales of the Chase. Well, when we talked about doing this, Kenzie was one of the first people because he had such a good, unique story to it. I mean, the the short history, but yet a lot of history. In a small two-week period yeah. or whatever it was, mm-hmm. you you know, you had this little history yeah. with him. Mm-hmm. I love the stories, you know, where you have, you've been chasing a deer for four years. Yep. And I love the stories where it's, yep. hey, I, I found this place 
just like yours where you're like, uh, let me give it a shot. Yeah. And, you know, people just look at maps yep. and, and go hunt. And then you saw him that first night. Okay, I'm going to get a little closer. I think he might come out here. You were a lot closer night two. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm going to try something else. And then night three, that yeah. was the last thing he did. It worked, it worked out. And it's a life story. You moved. You had a new place. You didn't right. have time to come back home all the time and hunt like mm-hmm. normal. Yep. And you made the best of the situation Correct. you had. Everything's not this big, you know, and just in life in general, drawn out yeah. by textbook. Yeah. You were you played the casino theme cards that were dealt. <laughs> exactly. The, the cards you know, that, dealt. You played the that, cards that were dealt. That's 100% accurate. And, you know, the life, like you said, life, playing the life, I mean, that's 100% right. You know, because I'd love to come back home, you know, and hunt as much as possible. But I really can't as much as I used to because life, obviously. Right. So you do the best you can and you make the opportunities that you have work and that's really what happened and if you didn't i mean there's no story to tell exactly i mean okay you get permission to this place let's say and then you're like "Ah, i don't i don't want to mess it up yeah i'll just you know i have it next year exactly okay exactly so uh, you know speaking of next year though yeah you still have permission there? I don't know. I gotta find. You gotta out. find out. <laughs> gotta find so out. you ha- do you have plans for the place? Are you gonna th- do things maybe differently this year? You gonna? I mean, it's a little if late I for have, cameras, I guess. Yeah, but if yeah. I have permission, you know, I'd probably start where I ended. Yeah. Know? I mean, why not? Well, it's a right? pretty good start. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> because you know, and then knowing the wind and knowing where they are and having a general idea, I would probably. And again. This would be a different. This would be a different year because I know there's corn there now. That's a good point. Things change. So you yep. really can't hunt that unless you may. Maybe now I go back into that open area before the hill outside the field, and watch over that. You know, if they come off the hill and get through. them before they get to the corn, because once they get to the corn, you're not going to have a chance. Right. So it's you either do it like that or you wait till the corn's out. So there's your there's your twist into this year's is that they you know switching the crops is obviously natural. It was beans last year. It's corn this year. So mm-hmm. that changes it right there alone. Yeah, that's part of the fun of learning a new spot. Oh yeah, and same think, thing with public. I think it's a cool story again to where it's not a groomed food plot you're hunting over. It's you're not, hunting over no, ag land. I exactly. mean, it's, it is what but, it is. And that's the one thing that is kind of in our wheelhouse is that that's what we're used to. Um, Growing up in the river bottoms, you have to deal with Mother Nature. <laughs> and in the past decade, uh, Mother Nature has not done well in the bottoms, and it's flooded a lot. So, so how many cameras have you exactly. lost so uh, due to flooding? Cameras, you know, my dad helps us out a lot, too, with food plots because he's down here, obviously. And, you know, ruined food plots. You know, the amount of money we spent on food plots that's gotten flooded. And it's just we hunt crop fields because that's really what we do because the amount of crop fields that are down in the bottoms, you really can't compete with them until late season. Mm -hmm. Because in late season, they're gone, and you're bringing in a possible food plot if it makes it through the fall with the floods and trying to get them to those smaller food plots because that's your food source. Yeah. But early season in the bottoms is a – it's open – it's an open game because, like I said, there's no patterns. There are fields everywhere, and they could be going whichever direction. It's a different world. Exactly. Because so, the fields are just so big and flat, and there's no real easy way to hunt it. Yeah. That's that's an awesome story. What you got, dude? I think that was great. I hope everybody enjoyed that. Um, we will put a link to big muddy's or kenzie's video on uh mr hollywood and so everybody can go out and watch it i think uh you know hearing that story and then 
I would immediately be like, I'm going to go watch that. <laughs> right. You know, <laughs> that's what I would do at least. Um, and I'll, I'll probably watch it again, to be honest with you, because I watched it last year. I may watch it just so I can get, <laughs> get those details go, a little bit clearer in my get mind. Your I probably should have watched it before we got here so I could get those details like, a little bit better. Oh, shit. It was a morning hunt. <laughs> <laughs> I do know it was evening. <laughs> anyway, um, we appreciate you coming on, man. Had a lot of fun. No, it was uh, great. You know, I always like to tell deer hunting stories. That's the best That's part. That's the best part oh, of yeah. this, this podcast we're doing, man. Yeah. It's just a bunch of bullshit. And Like-minded fun. people telling, you know, joint interested stories, I guess. I don't know what you call it. Sure. But. So, all right. Go I check hope. out Big Muddy. Check out their Instagram, Facebook. Give them a shout. Yep. They'll and have good stuff coming in the future, I'm sure. Keep looking out for these Tales of the Chases. Um, we're hoping to do one of these. You know, we don't really have a schedule, quote unquote, for it, but we're. We're hoping to do one of these, you know, a month or something like that to, mm-hmm. to get these hunting stories out. Um, average people just like us having their stories told um, could be industry experts too. But um, whether it's hunting, fishing, if you have a story that you think is awesome and you want to tell us or talk to us about it, we're happy to, to do one. So, you know, uh, DM us and is that what it is, a DM? I think that slide into my DMs. Is that what slide into those these days? Message us (laughs) because no one slide into my DM and kind of tell us about your story. It does not have to be whitetail. It could be fishing stories, um, any other type of duck hunting. I'd love to hear duck hunting stories. You know, stuff like that. Uh, Elk hunting. I mean, they might not be here. Oh my god! (laughs) Why do you just keep doing? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And. um, We'll, we'll keep having these. I think these are fun. I love listening to people's stories. I play a little movie in my head. Even if this wasn't on video, Kenzie. Yeah, exactly. You have your own version I of it. I would have put yeah. a version of it in my oh, head yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah, based sure. on the, the, the picture you painted of the property. For sure. The picture you painted of Hollywood. Um, and I would have played it as you were telling it. Yep. So it, that's what's fun for me is, is hearing those. And, yeah. you know, it's like a movie. Absolutely. So I'd like to, before we go, say thank yes, sir. you for the opportunity i appreciate it um this is this is awesome i had a great time and yeah. i just wanted to say thank right. you it's a lot of fun and the nice thing is you know we're we're area boys together and exactly. we'll, we'll do these things again so I can get yeah. you back on another yeah. time oh, yeah. no doubt. anytime anytime so all right. all right everybody take it easy well that's all for this one yep that was a good one i think it was a great start to our white tail tales of the chase i mean that one really painted a good picture kind of nailed what we're wanting to do nailed with this, it nailed it with, with this series of uh of no, it, was, it was great i mean we got all kinds of buddies all kinds of different people that we're gonna have whitetail um stories on right but we want to incorporate everything into this podcast but it's missouri especially during this time of year we're gonna be talking about whitetails no doubt yeah and that was that was a great kickoff to the you know, at least the first white tail story we had. Yep. We've already had Tales of the Chase. If you haven't um, tuned in to our, our first Tales of the Chase episode, uh, a record river red horse, give that a listen. Say that, a good, say that five times Difficult, fast. difficult for me to say. Give that a listen. That's a nice fishing story, uh, multiple fishing stories, to be honest with you. But this is our first uh, Tales of the Chase that involves a white tail right before white tail season, like I said in the intro. Yep. And gets me kind of pumped up. Uh, Kenzie was telling the story. Yes, I've I've seen his video before, mm-hmm. but as he's telling the story, I'm sitting there just replaying it, just like oh, I yeah. do in these. So Absolutely. it's it's an awesome time. Give it a listen. 
gets me kind of pumped up for I believe is going to be our next one we're going to talk about with our group of guys that are going out west. So uh gets me in the mood to kind of, I don't know, get all the hunting talk yeah. going, I guess. It's time. Yeah. yeah. By the time this airs, it will almost be archery season in the state of Missouri, and that gets me excited. Yeah, I think it'll be maybe a couple weeks out. No, it'll be the week before. I'm talking about a couple days before uh, season, so uh gets me ready to go. So thanks for listening, folks. You got anything else, Andy? Catch you on the flip side. Catch you on the flippity flip. All right, we'll talk to you all later.